Hello and hey there. Do you have a preferred bread? What's your favorite ice creams? What is your go-to coffee mug? This is the Top 5 Podcast where nothing is off limits. Everyone is wrong, especially us, even when we think we are right. I'm your host, Eric Shane, and with me as always is Mr. Zach Rancourt. Zachary Rancourt, how are you, bud? Uh, pretty good. Got a little tickle in my throat, and I hope I'm not getting sick. I don't think I am, but, you know, you, you, you do what you can't. Well, yeah, I mean, it's allergy season, so is it possible that that might be doing anything to you there? I think that's highly possible. Highly likely. A lot of pollen in the air. You went to the game last night, right? Mariners game? I did indeed. Yeah, how'd that go? Not good. We lost. (laughs) (laughs) Gave up a lot of runs. Sexy Flexi didn't do very well. Speaking of Sexy Flexi, we are also joined by Mr. Tom Lockhart, always flexing, always sexing. I have no idea why that was just a, I don't know. I thought it was a good segue. It made no sense. I love it. It Whatever. was great. Tom, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, sickness is going through my home right now. It has not hit me, but me and my wife went away for the weekend uh, because it was our anniversary. Well, yesterday on Monday it was, but we went away. And Thursday night before we were about to go out, she started to feel a little iffy. And by Friday morning when we were going to catch the ferry, she was very sick and just hacking up her lungs. So we essentially just went to a hotel room and watched Netflix. <laughs> Yeah. Which, Sorry for the notification on my phone. There. Which was, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a terrible weekend. It just wasn't ideal. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, that That's a bummer. I, I'm really sorry to Whitney. I hope you feel better once you hear this. And obviously you can just tell her that, you know, once we're done with here, you tell her that we hope our thoughts are with her. I hope she feels better. That's never fun. That's never, ever fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have to like hear it and I'm like, Ooh, that sounds terrible. Oh, those hacking coughs. Oh, it's always the worst. That whooping. That's no mm-hmm. good. And yeah, I changed the uh, notification on my phone to the NFL draft. Uh, <laughs> the, the ESPN draft uh, music. Cause it's Eric just, is on the clock. I'm on the clock, man. Draft is next week or two weeks. I'm so pumped. I'm. It's not even two weeks now at this point. Yeah, it's next week, next Thursday, week from Thursday. I'm very, very excited for it. Um, already making plans for watching that. I mean, looking at the mock drafts. I've been doing my own mock drafts. I'm very excited. It's my favorite time of the year. Really, it is. I love it. I love the NFL draft. I love We're it. not talking I about love the this NFL. plasma TV. <laughs> we are not talking about the NFL at all today. We are going to be talking about some baseball again, because there is nothing like the feel and the smell of a leather mitt, the crack of the bat, the scent of the outfield grass. You know, we talked a lot about baseball on this podcast, and that's because we're fans. Part of the allure of baseball is how it keeps time. It's the 162 regular season game. It takes us through the best time of the year from March to October. The story of our lives can really be told through baseball and the events that occur during baseball. Now, whenever I see a highlight from a game that I live to see, it takes me back to that moment in time. I can remember where I was. I can remember who I was with. I can remember how we reacted. And this game creates lifelong memories. Uh, We discuss the game. We argue over it. We compare current players with the legends of the past. We collect baseball cards. We argue over stats. It's fun. Today, we are going to discuss our top five baseball moments. These moments can be ones that we've personally witnessed or moments we wish we could have been there to see in person, whether in the current times or even in the deep past. And as usual, we did not discuss our list with each other. And though we are lifelong fans of the game, Boy, we sure aren't anything close to experts. We're just a few dudes who like to discuss nonsense. So, Tom, what's your number one, bud? 
Well, my number one is the only one that I was actually in person for that's on my list, and it happened last year. And that is Cal Raleigh ending the drought. Mm-hmm. It was just a, I don't even remember what day of the week it was, uh, but I went just to have like a day. I, I got the tickets before I even realized that it was going to be maybe they clench the playoffs. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh, it could happen tonight. And I went and it was a game that was like, oh, it's going back and forth by, well, not really back and forth because it was a, <laughs> uh, what was it? One zero or was it one two? It was like, yeah, it, was one, it was like one to yeah. two or something like that. Yeah. Game, yeah. But just like, I was like, ah, I, I don't want to stay till the end. I remember thinking that at like the fifth inning. Sometimes I just don't want to stay at a game, but. I stuck it out and I'm glad I did stick it out because when he comes up to the plate, it's, it's like a movie because it's the bottom of the ninth inning at home looking to clench the playoffs, a three, two count. And I was uh, at that point I had left my seat and I was in the center field right behind the seats along the railing. I was just standing there watching the game, ready to hit the exit once whatever ended the game happened. And when he swings the bat and you hear the crack ball, wasn't even halfway out before everyone was already cheering. Like that place exploded and there's nothing like a stadium just exploding with all of that joy and people hugging each other who don't know each other. There were people like running down uh, like the aisles, just like giving like high fives to strangers all because some guy just hit a ball really far. (laughs) Like we're not on the team. We didn't really contribute at all, but we're all one in this moment. And I am normally not a person who like when the Seahawks score a touchdown. I'm not like, yeah, I'm just like, all right. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll give high fives to people who come by. But in that moment, I was a very excited, like child who was just so excited because it had been 21 years of mm-hmm. futility. And it just like went away in a vapor. They were no longer the longest drought in all of sports, not even baseball, all of sports. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like that went away with one swing of the bat. And it was a beautiful moment. I got to uh, say, and I know, two- I, Go ahead. I, I know somebody else was at that game and he's, he's sitting right over there. I'm looking at him on my screen right now. <laughs> it's a me, Zachio. <laughs> I was also at that game. We had some beers up in the boardwalk at uh, center field. I am a diehard Mariners fan. This is not on my list, but the clinch was incredible. And I was also, I snuck down from the 300 level and I was with some friends. We moved to the 100 level along the uh, third baseline near the foul pole. And I remember when he came in, when they pinch hit Cal Raleigh, and I'm like, he could hit a home run. And then, you know, a couple of pitches. uh, And then I think third pitch, it's like a breaking ball or something like that. He just squares up and he hits it and he has that one-handed swing. And it's going, and I just kind of sat there, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a home run. I'm like, oh, my God, that's a home run. And so, Like, like wait, what does a home run mean again? Well, well, it it just (laughs) time slowed down, and, like, I I was bawling. Everyone was, like, around me was crying. We were all hugging, and, you know, the game was over. We're cheering, but then everyone, we went to the bars, and that was incredible. Uh, We went to Sluggers, and everyone was just having a good time. People were buying drinks for people. It just felt good. 
because, you know, that storm cloud that has been brewing over our heads for 21 years is gone. And what a better guy than the big dumper to to end that drought for us. Uh, I love it. I just think it's amazing. It's beautiful that it was him because it really symbolizes the Mariners last year. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody expected him to be as big a, of a contributor as he was. Mm-hmm. And nobody expected the Mariners to really be that good. I mean, a lot of, there were some people out there saying, Hey, this could be the year, but nobody really expects it after 21 seasons of futility, as Tom says. Yeah. Th- this could be the year is what was said for 21 years. <laughs> right. How many times did we, you know, just miss the wild card the year before win 90 games or 89 games or whatever and be like, next year we're going to do it. Uh, and then <laughs> yeah, last year we actually did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, there were three or four times in that 20 year drought where we'd won 86 games, 89 games, 90 games, whatever. And we're like any other year, we're so close to the playoffs. We were almost there next year. And then we go and lose like 95 games the next year. Mm-hmm. Like how many times did that happen? Every single time. Right. So, <laughs> and then we'd blow it all up and start over from scratch. And it was, everybody had it in their mind last year that boy, Oh boy, it could be happening again. I really hope not, but it didn't. We, we ended the drought and that was a, that's a great moment. It was not on my list. Uh, I knew you were going to have it on there. I knew you guys were going to talk, but we were going to talk about it no matter what. Uh, if, if you hadn't, then I'd be pulling an ad lib and we'd be talking about it anyway. Cause um, <laughs> I'll lead into my, uh, before I lead to my number one, I'm, I, I got one other thing to note on there. Um, Tom, you've talked about this is your second year as a uh, flex path package uh yeah member for season tickets mm-hmm. um talk a little bit about that about how important that played and you being able to go see the game well so before my wife got me the flex package as mm-hmm. a birthday gift i would maybe see one or two games and not really be too interested in baseball i would check like the the standings maybe once a month to see what the Mariners were doing, maybe hear something here or there. Um, but having the flex package and being able to go to more games because I know I have a set amount of money at the beginning of the year that I'm going to use has actually made me a, a bigger fan of baseball and going to the game and going to games by myself where you can't really bullshit with your friends when you're there by yourself. You actually have to watch the game. You're there to actually watch it. And I've, I've actually gotten a lot more like into baseball actually watching the game and not having distractions around me. Uh, yeah, so I love the flex package. Everyone should get it. <laughs> well, yeah, I know that you had that extra money that was sitting there that you had you sprinkled a little bit here and there throughout the year, and then it got towards the end of the year last year, and you're like, guys, I got a shitload of money I got to spend here. It's not going <laughs> to yeah. carry over, so who wants to go to the game with me? <laughs> and I, w- I was like, I was being stingy with it at first, where it was like, I can't go to too many games. And then towards the end of the year, I was like, oh, wait, there's only like, 15 games left at home and I still have at least enough money to buy 10 more tickets. Oh no, (laughs) I can't go to 10 more games. I got to either get expensive, more expensive tickets or bring my friends, which are two things that I did towards the end of the year. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that yeah, you you got that package. I'm glad we could talk about that. Um, That's definitely something it's, it's on my radar. I haven't done it yet, but it's definitely on my radar. Um, I would love to going there is still so inconvenient for me. Cause I'm in Lake Stevens. You're a little bit, you guys are both a little bit closer. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, and it's, 
it's also nice for me because I have a day off in the middle of the week. I don't work on Wednesdays. So if there's yeah. a Wednesday game, I can go down at one o'clock for, for a game without yeah. inter- interrupting work. And then I can just pick up my wife who works in Seattle, just sure. swing by her work, bring her home. Well, now that I'm salary, like I can, I can flex my own work schedule like a lot more. So it's not, it's way more flexible. I can make it work. It's just yeah. still an inconvenience to get down there for the game. So, but uh, you know what? That brings me to my number one. And I'm so happy that we, we let off with the ending of the drought because the most important moment in Mariners baseball history has been is. the double. Yeah, the double. You know exactly worst. what I'm talking about. I don't even have to describe it. It's ALDS. It's, it's, it's you know, we're, we're going to Edgar's at the plate. Griffey's all the way at first. Joey Cora is on second. Edgar rips a double in the left field, down the left field line. Niehaus is going nuts with this just amazing call that was iconic that only Niehaus could have possibly done. And Griffey was so fast at this point in his career. So that kid was so fast. Haul mass around the bases and he gets home. And the, they we, we're going to go play in the American League Championship. And everybody mobs Griffey at the plate. And Griffey's just laughing, smiling. It's just awesome. Awesome, awesome moment. I have a love-hate relationship with this moment um, <laughs> because I love it. It's obviously so important. I just described why it was so important. We had never gone to the ALCS. It was it was great. It's just like we overplay the hell out of it, though, when we talk about the Mariners and Seattle sports highlights because it's like I, I'm, I guess I'm sick of it because of over 20 years. We, we've had a lot of cool moments, but we never – until Cal Raleigh's home run, we never got as close to as important as a moment as, as the double, nothing even remotely close. And, you know, I think that's, that's the bummer is that I'm sick of celebrating some cool stuff we did in the mid nineties, you know, and then yeah. turning around winning 89 games or whatever, and then have to blow the team up and rebuild and be like four years later. Okay. Now we're good again. And then ah, nope, blow it up. And anyway, um, I, I just I wanted new things to get pumped up about. And it's like every time I watch the watch the Mariners game or go to the game and they play highlights on the on the screen or they show anything about Seattle's past, they oh they show the double and it's important. It's great, but it's like give me something new. Like we didn't even make the World Series that year, so it's <laughs> yeah. not even like it's like it's you know what it's not roughly equivalent. It is the same thing as if it were like the Seahawks and we had beaten I don't know like the Bengals or whatever in the divisional round and like uh in like in the AFC playoffs in '95 and like we kept showing Chris Warren running in for a touchdown on TV all the time. It's like, come on, who gives a shit anymore? Like let's let's move on, move forward. We we got to move along here. So somebody else do something good, please. <laughs> right, but I re- I remember. I was in the living room uh, with single wide trailer up on Seattle Hill at the time. I was what, just turned 11. I think I was like 11 years old uh, living room, hot day, sun pouring in. Even as it is still evening on there. We got my, my, my folks were there. I got my, you know, like my brothers were there. It was, it was just, it was a really cool moment. We we're listening to it on the radio in the back room of the house. And it was like, it was really cool. It was really cool. So it's just a really hugely important moment in our fandom and in our lives. It's just, God, I'm so ready for cooler shit to happen. So I just be like, yes, great. We can see that highlight once in a blue moon. We do not need to see it every other time we turn on the damn television. So anyway, that's my thing. So I call it the 95 slide, but also Edgar's double. It's synonymous. It's interchangeable because, you know, here comes Joey, here comes junior. And, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Edgar, it started with Edgar's double, but 
uh, Griffey had to score from first to home, which is a pretty tall feat. And you're talking about his speed. But yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Um, sometimes you get kind of tired of hearing it for me. I never do. That was, I just, that was my childhood. Uh, Griffey's my favorite baseball player of all time. Uh, probably my favorite athlete of all time. So I'll never get tired of Griffey moments. And I think it's just vitally important to, uh, Seattle baseball history. Now I tell everybody who is a semi baseball fan or on the fence about things or not a baseball fan at all that people think that this town was was super pumped when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. And, you know, there's almost a million people. You will see what will happen when the Mariners go to the World Series and when the Mariners win. Seattle and Washington is a baseball state and town through and through. Um, regardless of anything other than maybe the Sonics coming back, this city just crowds around this baseball team and showers them with love and joy. Um, I mean, every opening day for the past, you know, 21 years, even though we've sucked, has been an almost sellout affair. So people love baseball and they love the Mariners. Um, I mean, like Tom was explaining it about the the Cal Raleigh clinch. That's what it all comes down to is that's the emotion that people have had for all these years. And so uh, it's it's beautiful. It's romantic. Um, I cannot wait until we have that World Series parade. I'm probably going to get arrested uh, just because I'm going to be doing crazy shit like everyone else. But it's going to be utterly beautiful. And so I'm, yeah, I, it's hard to not be romantic about it all. Yeah, there you go. How much does Julio remind you of Junior, by the way? Julio is fantastic. And and yeah. he's, he's struggling, a little, struggling a little bit right now. But uh, I have a lot of faith. There's a lot of baseball left. He'll turn it around. And he is just a person who loves to play the game. The fact that he can strike out and he'll still have a smile. He doesn't argue or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's great. Uh, absolutely love it. So yeah, he's a five tool player. Kelnick's coming around. If we have two five tool players, my goodness, good night. Okay. Uh, just as, just as an FYI, that's also on my list. Of course. All right. I mean, good, good, good. We, oh, wow. we weren't, we weren't going to not go three for three on that. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's it's essentially the cap off to the year that saved the Mariners from leaving this city. Like they were really thinking about going somewhere else. And then they catch fire in 95 and the double and everything. And then we build them a stadium and like you're staying here forever. You can't get away from us. Ugh, such a I watched the I, I watched all of my things today. Um, and each time I watch the double. I get choked up and I get a little water in the eyes and it's just like, it's never not gotten me choked up. I've watched it so many times. And every time I get that lump in my throat, even though I was only what, 10 years old at the time. And I don't even know if I actually watched it on TV. I just, I know of it. And it's just, <laughs> Oh, every time it gives me chills, lump mm -hmm. in the throat. If I watch it enough times, that tear will fall out of my eye. <laughs> mm. Love it. Ugh. Well, I'm glad uh, glad I brought it up then because it is, as I said, a massively important moment in Mariners baseball history. We can't, we could not have, you know, as Mariners fans, we could not have not mentioned. Yeah. So, all right. So that leads you, that's your number two, right? So it leads me back to my number two. All right. I'm going to move on to a different one. I'm going to go back in the past a little bit, a little bit deeper here. And I would have liked to have been at Ebbets Field in Brooklyn, New York, April 15th, 1947. Now. Obviously, this one goes way beyond baseball, goes way beyond the, the game itself. Uh, a lot of times we don't know the historical importance of a moment in time until long after it happened. But it, that wasn't the case this time. This was Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. Um, 
everyone knew the significance in advance. Everyone knew the deal. Newspaper writers, photographers were lined up around the fence all the way around the park for the moment. There are photographs, even video, all that you go back and look at. It's everywhere. This was a, when Jackie walked out of the dugout, took the field for the Dodgers um, for the first time. It was a, a hell of an important moment in baseball history and in American history. It's a moment that broke more than just the color barrier. Like it broke some insecure assholes sense of superiority <laughs> because Robinson took the field and he was already obviously one of the best players on it. Um, I was, um, I mean, if you were there, you knew you were a part of something special. I keep a mental list of like the different places I'd like to go back and see if I had a time machine. That is one of them. Um, like the movie 42, I think it was Leo DeRocher had that speech in the, in the kitchen or whatever. He's just like, this guy's here. And he, he's going to contribute and he's going to be a part of this team. And guess what? <laughs> Keep this in your mind when your head hit the pillow. He's the first of many. Many more are coming and these guys can play. So, you know, shove your petition up your ass. about <laughs> <laughs> not wanting to play with Robinson and go to work because these guys are coming to take your job. Mm-hmm. So I would I would have loved to have been a part of that uh, that crowd to be in that part and just see that being that sense of living history and you know what's happening as it's happening. This was a really cool thing. Oh, totally. And I <clears throat> I know that movie Forty Two was supposed to be pretty good. I don't know how authentic it is to the story of the real life thing, but um, yeah, I mean, what what can you say? It's there's a reason why his his jersey's retired and. Um, at every stadium and they have a Jackie Robinson day. He was vitally right. important to, to the sport. It's not the first time that that particular story was told. Um, so it's, it's true to the story that's told, whether mm-hmm. it's absolutely true to history. What, I mean, what the hell is come on. Yeah, true. <laughs> <That's> I mean, <laughs> you know, there's always artistic license, but that's, that's pretty much the way it went down. So Yeah. Anyway, yep, so that's my number two. So what is your number two there, Zach? So my number two is another Mariners moment, and this is one of my last Mariners moments, but that is um, August 15th, 2012. I was working in loss prevention. I had a Wednesday off, um, and there was day baseball at the Mariners game, a 1.10 start, 1.10 p.m. start, and I was like, I might go. Eh, I'm just going to go to the gym. I'm just going to hang out. And so I went to the gym during the game and I'm listening to it on the radio and I come back after the gym and finish it up on the radio or not, not finish it, but pick it back up. And they are in the fifth inning and they're like, we got something real special going on here. Like, don't go away. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I turned on the TV. I continued to watch. The Mariners were playing the Tampa Bay Rays and Felix Hernandez was finishing up his perfect game. Um 27th perfect game in in history i believe in all of baseball history it's one of the rarest things you can ever do no 37 something like that one of the rarest things you can ever do anyways he was phenomenal that day i just remember i from the fifth fifth inning on i watched and i didn't move a muscle from that couch i was on the edge of it holding my hands together and i i'm very superstitious so i knew that if i were to adjust my seating then it wouldn't have worked out so um Tight game, you know, 1-0 in classic Mariners fashion, in classic Felix fashion, <laughs> but, um, you know, zero run support. But he struck out 12, and he was brilliant. It was one of the greatest moments I've ever seen in sports, and I wasn't there. I kick myself every day yeah. for not going to that game, but just seeing it on TV was unreal. 
it was uh, it was stuff that dreams are made of. So it's on my list too, and it's my last Mariners moment on the list. I promise. I didn't want to go too much all Mariners stuff on here. Uh, yeah, Tom, I don't know if it's on yours, but I'll definitely uh, kinda. Okay. Um, kind of, then, which you go ahead, Eric, and talk, sure. and then I'll go to mine. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, sorry. Um, sure. So the reason I wanted to jump in is because I am the same way. I didn't go. I kicked myself. I was working at Comcast at the time. I was in video repair, so part of my job is I, I would have a working television so I could watch cable while I'm on the phone with folks, so that when they're like, "Hey, what's going on, channel? What's going on with blah blah blah, blah, blah. TBS?" Blah, blah blah. I could turn to TBS and be like. Mm, Nothing on my end. Let's uh, troubleshoot what's going on on your end. You know, that kind of thing. But of course, I would just watch movies and like day baseball because you know, <laughs> I why not? I'm being paid to do that. It's one of the perks of the job. Uh, the Mariners were on and Felix was doing his thing. Um, you might recall like in this, this was at the very tail end of a weird time in history where a lot of players were getting perfect games. A lot of pitchers were getting no hitters and perfect games around that time. Mm-hmm. Um like there's only been you can go years you can go decades without seeing a perfect game. There's only been 23 in all of baseball history. Oh yeah. And and during this one weird time, it was like it happened half a dozen times over like three years. It was weird. Um, but to punctuate the rarity, like this was 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago that this happened. This was the last one. Felix's perfect game is the most recent perfect game in Major League Baseball. It is damn near impossible to get 27 up, 27 down. You know, and um, it just. Pretty much everything has to be when it happens, everybody just sits back and admires, right? So, when I'm sitting there, I mean, I'm sitting there at Comcast watching this happen, going to the fifth inning, going to the sixth inning, and I'm about to get off of work. And I have a choice to like go home, <laughs> listen to it on the radio, go home, or maybe I could go down to the park because I'm also on Twitter at the time. And folks I'm following are like, Get your ass down here, he's gonna do it. I was this close to just taking off work like 20 minutes early and flying down there and I didn't do it and I regret not doing it. So I ended up watching the rest of the game at home, but it, this was particularly special to us Mariners fans because it had only been, if you remember, it had only been recently up to that point that the national media had finally recognized how good this guy was. Mm-hmm. Do, do you remember? Like they were always like, yeah, but look at his win loss record. And yeah, yeah, you got, if he was really good, he'd have to find a way. He's not as good as he or whatever. <laughs> That's exactly It's like, dude, he can only do so much. His team averages like a run, maybe two a game. Like even in this game, it was one to nothing. Yeah. The Mariners won one to nothing. Like Felix we had no had to, run support. Exactly. Felix had to constantly just be perfect or damn near perfect to get a damn win. And the media had their heads way up their asses about it. So anyway, they had only recently finally noticed like, oh, yeah, this dude's all right. And of course, the moment they recognize that they're instantly like, he should be a Yankee. And we're over here like, fuck <laughs> you guys. Yeah. Felix is ours and you can't have him. You finally acknowledge the king for what he is, and now you're crying about how he's wasting his career in Seattle. Fuck you. But yeah. truth be told, I mean, we all kind of hated it because yeah, it was sort of it sort of felt that way. Like the franchise could not seem to build a winning team for him, and that was always one of the biggest regrets that we as fans have is that we couldn't get Felix into the playoffs. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and man, that sucks. So sorry, Tom. Go oh, ahead and lead so, in what you were talking about. Well, so I 
where I was when I was watching this was I was working at the casino and I went down on my lunch and it was the beginning of the seventh inning, I think, either the sixth or the seventh. And I watched through to it got to the ninth inning and my lunch was over and I radioed up to uh, I was like, hey, uh, I'm going to take my 15 minute break also because <laughs> Cause I want to, and they were like, okay, whatever. And then I was like, all right. And I finished the game. Um, uh, I went the week after the, or the next start that he had, uh, when they did the Supreme court, cause they'd normally so did do I. <laughs> King's court and they'd have, you know, just the one section, but it was the whole stadium this time. I remember. So I had that K card that they gave out for at least like five years. I still have um, mine. <laughs> Now, the only difference that I had, I did go with perfect game, but I want to go to any perfect game or any no hitter. Like, I just want to see one. I just want to be there. And then Felix was like the prime example. But also, I wouldn't mind seeing Nolan Ryan because Nolan Ryan is like the greatest pitcher ever. He has seven no hitters. So you could actually pick and choose like, oh, which one do I want to go to? It's like a kid at a candy store. Um, And as a little side, it's I would also like to see Nolan Ryan with uh, Robin Ventura. No fighting fight that's on my list. God damn it, that's on my list. <laughs> you, might as well, you might as well discuss it. <laughs> yeah, because it, it is going to be your turn well, next anyway. Be- before, you, before you jump to that, I just want to – it's not – well, I, I talked about the Felix Hernandez perfect game, obviously, for mine. Um, one thing – Another Mariners moment that didn't make my list that was just bittersweet because I grew up you know, with Felix and stuff, and – he, I'd run into him every once in a while and I was fortunate enough to meet him a few times and he's just an awesome guy. Uh, but his final game as a Mariner, when they did give us shirts for that too, the writing was on the wall, the Mariners weren't going to extend his option and it was going to be his final game. So we, we bought tickets. It was packed. Uh, it was surreal. Uh, when he came out of the game, you know, he, he was in a jam, but I be, I think uh, Eric Wedge was our manager at the time. Let him stay in there to finish it out and get uh, the final couple outs. And like, he did it. He did a great job. Um, It was beautiful. Everyone in the stadium was fucking crying. And like, it was, it was incredible. So yeah, anything Felix Hernandez related, but Eric talk about Rob. Oh, Tom, were you going to say something? Wait. Yeah. uh, Well, I just wanted to add in a fun little fact. Uh, Felix Hernandez is the only pitcher in baseball to throw a perfect game or no hitter, an immaculate inning and a four strikeout inning. Yep, yep. To do I that. remember that. That yeah. almost made my list. That four yeah. strikeout inning. You guys don't understand. There were times, or you guys understand, but the yeah. people out there, there were times, there are very few athletes who sometimes they slip into this aura of dominance. And I mean dominance, where they are, in this particular case, it, Felix was unhittable. Oh, yeah. There were times where he was unhittable. Unbelievable. Unbelievable player. Uh, and speaking of unbelievable players who could be unhittable sometimes, <laughs> Nolan Ryan, uh, Arlington Stadium, August 4th, 1993. Story time. <laughs> Story time, boys. Man, oh man, this is one of my all-time favorite highlights. It's back in old, back in 93, an old man, Nolan Ryan, beat the brakes off Robin Ventura. 
So, and he did it in front of 32,000 people. So now I, I have talked about this, I think once before. So, you know, I'll go ahead and do it again here. Um, this was well after the all-star break. Both teams were vying for a playoff spot at this point. This was back before there were wild cards for the playoffs. So there were 28 MLB teams. They were split evenly between four divisions, East and West American League, East and West National League. You had to win your division to get to the ALCS and NLCS. And the Rangers and White Sox were in the AL West at the time. So the White Sox were five and a half games up on the Rangers. This is after the All-Star break. So this was as important a series as it gets for Texas, right? There were there's already plenty of bad blood between the ball clubs being division rivals. Um, and then shit started going down. So in, I think, in the second inning, White Sox pitcher Alex Fernandez had just plunked Juan Gonzalez. Uh, and then Nolan Ryan, he wasn't going to let his team get punked. He's old school like that, right? So everyone knew it was coming. Everyone, everyone who knows baseball knew it was coming. And uh, – Boy, sure as shit did. Uh, Ryan hopped a fastball, first pitch fastball at Ventura, caught him right in the back of the arm, right of the elbow, right fat of the uh, arm there. And uh, Ventura, he, he just held his bat all pissed off. He took maybe two steps towards first, he dropped the bat, and he just charged it, charged the mound. So it's important to understand a little bit of context on this now. So Robin Ventura was an ascending star in baseball, Okay. He had made the All-Star game the year before. He'd even gotten some MVP votes the year before that. He was 25 years old, lean and mean, 6'1", 190, I think it was. Nolan Ryan was 46 years old at this point. He's at the end of his storied career that had started before this dude was born. He had been playing professional baseball longer than Robin Ventura had been alive, okay? Ventura was born in 67. Nolan Ryan started pitching in 66. Now, he intentionally plunked this kid. He just, he did. He did it on purpose, whether he ever wants to admit it or not. He did. And so this kid, rip shit, pissed off slugger, half his age starts charging at him. So what does Nolan Ryan do? He squares up, throws the glove to the ground, and immediately locks this kid up into a headlock. And boom, boom, undercut, 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 boom, like six, seven, eight <laughs> times, undercut to the face. Pudge Rodriguez, the Rangers catcher, he's running after, like, oh, no, trying to get Ventura out of this, basically. And the, the bench is clear. Everything just swarms up. Ryan gets, like, trampled. They all get trampled. The whole pile falls over. The, the fisticuffs, fisticuffs left and right. Um, and then the, another fight breaks out as they were trying to break it up. And, like, scrapes and bruises and black eyes and people getting ejected. All hell broke. It was just one of the coolest <laughs> One of the coolest fights in baseball. And you can go back on YouTube and take a look at it. It's really cool. So anyway, the White Sox end up, uh, the Rangers ended up winning that game. So, you know, good for them. But the White Sox ended up winning the division. They lost the ALCS in six games to the Blue Jays. And that would be Nolan Ryan's final year. And, you know, he'd go to Cooperstown six years later. And Robin Ventura, he he isn't a Hall of Famer, but he did end up with a nice career. He was a two-time All-Star, six-time Gold Glover. Uh, but go ahead and Google Robin Ventura and look at those images and see what you see and tell me what's one of the first images that's going to pop up. No, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Google it right now. So the the movie or the documentary uh, Facing Nolan is very good on Netflix, by the way, which mm-hmm. is just about Nolan Ryan, which is where I found out that Nolan Ryan made a made a Hall of Famer himself by telling Randy Johnson that he was pitching wrong. And him telling him it was Randy Johnson was like when he when he was landing, he was landing on the ball of his foot or his heel. I can't remember which one. And Nolan Ryan was like, oh, just 
land on the other one and you'll be fine. Cause up to that point, Randy Johnson could throw hard, but it was all wild. It was all over the yeah. place. And that one fix basically made Randy Johnson a hall of famer. Like, wow. like he's out here just being like, yeah, this will help you. And there we go. Real Ryan's just making all famers left to break. It's an old school ball, ball player, man. Just playing ball. Looking after the guy. Yep. So go back on YouTube and look it up and then Google Robin Ventura. And uh, that image is iconic. It shows up everywhere. I think he, I think the Rangers even have that at like their park somewhere. Nolan Ryan's beating the hell out of him. It's pretty fun. Pretty fun. Anyway, <laughs> Robin Ventura did have a good career. He was a good ball player. So, but, but that's he's his remembered legacy. For getting, remembered for getting punched in the face several By times. a guy like <laughs> almost twice his age getting his ass kicked. It's crazy how little like, it wasn't like an effort at all. Like he just grabs him by the head and just starts punching. Like this isn't a fight. Yeah. This is just a beating. <laughs> dude, it was so natural. Like this dude, this old man had been scrapping. You can't mess with those Texas boys. I'm saying, I'm saying. All right. So, yep. That is my, what is it? Number three or four. That's four. For four. You. That's my yeah. number four. All right. So my number three, I'm going to the 1998 season. Uh, I was young. I was 11 years old during that time. And baseball was kind of in a rut for a little bit. Um, you know, things weren't really happening. Uh, pitchers were, were, were dueling. We were getting some offense, but we weren't getting dingers. And the old Nike slogan is chicks dig the long ball. It's not meant to be offensive to women. It is just meant to be a phrase, and it literally just means we all love to see home runs hit. So in 1998, two very uh, later-to-be-discovered steroid-ridden men, uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, and Ken Griffey Jr., who's not steroid, uh, he wasn't a steroid user, but I digress, they entered a home run race. So the home run race, which was predominantly just McGuire and Sosa, was in 1998, and it culminated with in September of that year when McGuire was the first one to break Roger Maris's record of 61 home runs, that being the record that held the the most weight or was the longest standing record for the home runs at the time. And so McGuire hit 62. Sosa would be, would follow shortly. And when the season ended, McGuire won with 70 home runs. Uh, Sammy Sosa hit 66, but what that did for baseball was paramount. It was vitally important to the sport. It brought people back. I remember watching like the Simpsons and they'd cut to the baseball game going on. They're like, Sammy Sosa's up to bat now. And he'd either strike out or he'd hit a home run. Same thing with McGuire. Uh, there wasn't really any in between. So it was it was amazing. It was so important for the sport. Uh, last year when Aaron Judge was mashing home runs and broke Roger Maris's record too, um, it was vitally important for the sport because it draws people in. You, that's how you get money for for your professional teams. And, you know, we we want to see the long ball. Chicks and dudes dig the long ball. So there we go. The home we, run race of 98. We tune in to watch the dingers, man. We just do. It's the only reason that I play MLB the show. It's mm -hmm. just to hit dingers. Just I'm always so dingers. irritated when I hit a single. It's like, ah, this is yeah. bullshit. My player's better than this. <laughs> I played on easy mode, and they, even the announcers, Boog Shambi, is like, it's like he's playing on beginner mode. And I'm like, I sure am, as I hit 155 home runs in a season. In a game. In a single game. Yeah, single-handedly <laughs> take the Mariners to the World Series. I don't care, yeah, I've done I, I play video games to escape. And the yeah. show, Road to the Show, especially that game mode, I just like to relax and just flick the stick and hit dingers. 
Yep. Uh, that is a phrase that should not be said. <laughs> oh, I love hitting dingers. Fling those dings. Flick that Flick stick. Flick that stick. Flick that stick. <laughs> Fling those dings. Flick that stick. There you go. Bump Shit. that bumper. Oh, boy. Well, I, I, yeah, I think I'll mention that when I first started going to college, you know, the first time way back when, I think one of the, I took a business class. I don't know why, but I think the first paper I wrote post high school was about how steroids were good for the, like the business of baseball. Not that they were good for like Mm -hmm. the game itself, but that they were good for the business and that major league baseball, whether they wanted to ban it or not, uh, appreciated that, that people would, it's sold tickets. People show up to to watch these guys rip huge five hundred foot home runs, and you know they they love it. And it's I, I it's one of those things that's kind of a pity that it happened. But like Griffey, I, there was no evidence that he did, and I think it would hurt us. You know, it would hurt a lot if we found out that 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 wasn't true. But I think it's you know that's done now. He he didn't do it. He would have healed from his injuries a lot faster mm-hmm. if he had been using human growth hormone. Um, it's but it, it's telling how important that you don't do that because those guys you just mentioned, I don't believe they're in the Hall of Fame. No, which to me is is bullshit. I'm with you. Um, when I go see professional sports, I want to see the best of the best of the best, sir, with honors, right? And mission or, or men in black quote. But basically, I want to see top tier performance. And if you need steroids to help you out a little bit, hell yeah. It's not cheating to me. I, I don't think so. They, they were in an era when everyone was doing steroids. There were a select few that didn't do them, of course, but so many people were doing steroids. And so it's like they were the ones that got caught. Um it doesn't take away from the fact that what they did was still remarkable, just like Barry Bonds, who has the home run record. It still doesn't take away from the fact that he hit 72 fucking home runs in a year. That's steroids or not. That's still, it is so hard to hit a baseball. And so for people to try to say, Oh, you can't get in because of that. Or even Roger Clemens, Roger Clemens was one of the most dominant pitchers of all time and piss off, man. Like, he wasn't using them his entire career. It's just, it's, it's asinine to me. So anyways, I I'm wonder, like, I've always wondered if there was a way it could be the human growth hormone, if it could be administered under, you know, guidance, like it's, if it's team administered, you know what I'm saying? It's not outright banned, like use it as medicine to help recover from injuries and things like that. But yeah. it's hard to, you know, it's hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube. Yep. So, okay. I get it. I get it. You get it. We all get it. But what are you going to do? So, yeah, that's your number three, you said? Yep, that's my number three. So we're back to Tom. Number three. Back to me with my number four. And I'm glad you went with something that took an entire season to go over. Because I was a little worried. I was like, ooh, the one I picked is a whole series. Uh, So I was was worried you guys were going to do your classic yell at me because I went a little outside the lines. But thank you for for going outside the lines before me. Um, And this would be the 2004 Yankees versus Red Sox series because it's such... I would want to be there for the entire series just to watch a city get to its lowest point and then rise out of the ashes with each game because you go down 3-0. We're the Red Sox. We've got this curse on us. Woe is us, and we can't get out of this. And then with each game after that where they win, and they win again, and they win again, and in the final game, 
Like just that explosion of we beat the Yankees, our <laughs> rival, our enemy. We would murder them if it was allowed <laughs> and law wasn't a thing. And just I that being in a city during that would be great. It'd be like being at the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl in Seattle. Like <laughs> that would be the craziest thing ever. Yeah. And I would want to be at that 1000%. And I would just like to be there for that series of the most improbable comeback of just being crushed three games in a row. And then just making your way back out like a Phoenix rising again. <laughs> yeah. It is astonishing to me how much crossover we have on this list <laughs> because that's my fifth and final. Yeah, okay. That, so that, there I, it's yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, that's done. I'm not even going to, uh, I'm going to expand on that a little bit because mm-hmm. it's context is important. Um, yes. I think at this point, if you're, if you're listening to this, it's still listen to our podcast at this point for this episode. Um, you are probably already familiar with the curse of the Bambino. Um, but if you're not, mm-hmm. essentially, it's an explanation of a phenomenon that is said to have originated after the Red Sox sold Babe Ruth's contract to the New York Yankees after the 1919 season. Um, the Red Sox had won some World Series before then, and they sold Babe Ruth's contract to the New York Yankees. Ruth ascended into baseball godhood with a legendary career in Yankees pinstripes. And in the 86 years that followed, the, the sale, the Yankees appeared in the World Series 39 times and won 26 of them. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> the Red Sox appeared in four World Series and they lost all of them in game seven. So, the, yeah, <laughs> ugh, exactly. The curse was so it was a curse. The curse was so prevalent and it created such devastation and desperation. One former manager even like half jokingly suggested that the team should exhume Ruth and then bring him to Fenway and apologize. <laughs> like that's, that's rough. I know like he had to have been joking like, but I think only maybe half joking. Right. Well, in any event, the Red Sox had consistently had one of the highest paid roles in baseball leading into the 2000s. And 03 and 04, they were a damn good club. And they had met the Yankees, as Tom said, in the ALCS. And immediately they went down three games to none. And it's like, ah, shit, here we go. Of course, Curse of the Bambino again. Lowest of the low. And it's got to be the goddamn Yankees. Why has it got to be the godforsaken Yankees? So <laughs> the Sox win game, you know, you know, they win the game four spare a little bit of pride so it's almost like delaying the inevitable at this point don't 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 dare get your hopes up but at least you didn't get swept so then the Sox win game five. Oh no they're just teasing everyone now <laughs> you know and they win game six and now it's a party everyone on the club has a us against the world mentality boston rallied behind them they were a cast of characters and then they proceeded to kick the crap out of the Yankees in game seven and then, you know, win the pennant. And then there, this was obviously at this point that this was a team of destiny to have that kind of a comeback. And then they go on to the World Series. There was no way they were letting it stop. No way they were letting that train come off the tracks. They won four straight against the St. Louis Cardinals to win the World Series for the first time in 86 years. Curse broken. And it was cool to watch it on TV. It would have been a thrill of a lifetime to watch that in person. Even if I'm not a Red Sox fan, it's just cooler than cooler than cool that it happened. Yeah, I was in high school when I when it was happening. I loved to watch it. It was literally like a movie. That's why you don't give up on sports. That's why you try not to leave until the end of the game, because anything can happen. Anything can happen. And, uh, And it happened. And it's a game of inches, just like every other sport. So 
pretty incredible stuff there. He had some of the best pitchers of all time too. Pedro Martinez was pitching there. Kurt Schilling is a piece of shit, but he still was uh, was pretty lights out during that. And Manny Ramirez slamming Manny, quite the blood quite, on the sock, quite yeah. a team. Yeah, the bloody sock. Bloody sock. Yeah. Old Manny Ramirez. He was a uh, he was special man. They yes, had Johnny was. Johnny Damon. Johnny they brought Damon. him over from Oakland and. Yep, he signed that big contract. That was that Moneyball year. Uh, 2004 was also the first time that uh, New England, the New England area, Boston, won both a Super Bowl and a um, World Series. They had the same two titles. Or they had two titles uh, at the same time. Two different sports, I should say. Yeah. Incredible. Cool. Good, Good time to be a Boston sports fan, I guess. Man, fuck them hoes. Yeah, it's like the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Hate Boston. Uh, okay, so for me, I'm going back to the Mariners, but uh, this, the reason why is because Griffey is my all-time favorite, like I said, and I love home run derbies. I love dingers. And in 1993, Griffey entered a home run derby, like always, uh, but this time it was hosted at uh, Camden Yards in Baltimore. It's home of the Orioles. Griffey comes up and he destroys a home run to right field and it goes 465 feet and it hits the warehouse that's outside of Camden Yards. So he hits it out of the baseball park. Griffey hits it out of the park, which is phenomenal. He's the only person to ever do it uh, at Camden Yards. Well, since 2018, it might have changed since then. But I believe, yeah, he's the only person to ever hit it out. And just everything about Griffey, I mean, if I were to think of top five moments, that's easily on there because he has his hat backwards He because it's the home run derby. He has an iconic, you know, his iconic stance where the bat is swinging and it, when he just unleashes and it's out, it's a no doubter. The smile on his face, everyone is so pumped. I mean, I remember watching that as a kid and I just was was blown away. I'm like, my goodness, he hit the building. That's that's crazy. That's crazy stuff. So yeah, ninety three home run derby. Griffey hits the warehouse. Pretty amazing moment. Uh, I, that's another one I like to see on YouTube from time to time, just just for fun. Man, he was strong. Yeah, yeah. that swing <laughs> is just one of the prettiest baseball swings you'll ever see. Oh, it's. I mean, it's probably the most emulated swing of all time. Like how Happy Gilmore uh, swings uh, happen in golf. Ken Griffey Jr.'s like for me. That's the, the stance I always go for. Nice. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, on to my last one. Um, so this was actually the first thing I thought of outside of my Mariners thoughts, because those always come straight to my mind. But uh, Joe Carter's walk off in the World Series to win it all. Um I don't know why this is so prevalent in my mind. I'm not a Toronto Blue Jays fan in any way, but for some reason it's the first thing that came to my mind. And it's probably just because it's the the whole thing with like the Cal Raleigh clinch. It's it's the uh, the walk-off is just such a beautiful moment where with one swing of the bat, you've just won the game for your team. And this is the ultimate is winning the world series for your team with one swing of your bat. Like you just sealed our championship because you hit a dinger. And we all know that everyone loves dingers. Dingers are great. Every game should end on a dinger. And I think that we should hit more dingers guys, more steroids. Love dingers. Love dingers. I'm not going to advocate for steroid use, but yeah, I do uh, uh, more dingers, please. 
por favor. More dingers. <laughs> Mas dingers, por favor. Uh, walk-offs are the best. They're they so are. exciting. <laughs> oh, I love them. I can't get enough. I, I get so giddy every single time. Absolutely. Okay, so that's your last one, your fifth and final? Yes, it is. All right, Zach, are you on your fifth and final now, I believe? I am. Okay. All right. Here is one that I'm curious your thoughts, but I think you'll probably, I, I kind of know what you're going to go with. September 12th, 1985, a man by the name of Pete Rose breaks the all-time hits record, career hits record, uh, defeating Ty Cobb's 4191, and he hits 4,192. That's uh, his 4,192nd hit. Um, and he goes on to have an illustrious career of 4,256 total hits, with a 303 career batting average and a 79.6 war. That is unbelievable. He was an unbelievable player, the one of the best hitters of all time. And to put it into context, he played for 24 years. He averaged going one for four every single game. And that's just an average. And we're talking in times when pitchers were were relentless and hitting wasn't as much. And then he transitioned towards the time when hitters, it became a hitters game. But even so, Derek Jeter played for 20 years in baseball and he only had 3,465 hits. I, I can't just, I can't explain how important this record is because no one in the history of baseball will ever break it. Like it's, it's, it's cemented. It's, it's, it will never go away. Like, he has the all-time hit record and no one's going to break it because p- players don't last 20 years anymore like Derek Jeter. Sure you can, but your production's going to drop off. Derek Jeter is a, is a legend. He's a one in a once in a generational player. Um even people like Otani and and Mike Trout, you know, they're going to have some drop off, but there's no way they're going to get to where they are. Albert Albert Pujols has played for like 20 years and he is high on the list. He's not anywhere near Derek Jeter, but like it's Nolan Ryan strikeouts. He's got like 800 more than the next guy. Who's Randy. Yeah. Yeah, Ricky Henderson's Ricky Henderson's uh, stolen base record. I mean, those things are just, it's going to be very, very hard for a lot of players to get to that. And so for the fact that he's not in the hall of fame is one of the most egregious things ever in sports because he bet on baseball. And I understand there were rules, but it blows my mind that you can't recognize this this insurmountable accomplishment that's that's never going to get broken again. I mean, yeah, it's never. These leagues have weird, weird, weird relationships with betting because on the one hand, they they seem to want to make a great big show of protecting the integrity of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say a show of it because boy, they make a shitload of money off of gambling. They really do. Baseball does. The, the football does. Last year, Calvin Ridley, he got suspended the entire season. Didn't play a snap of football last year. Why? Because he made some bet on what was DraftKings or whatever. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with anything. It was like a piddly like $15 bet or whatever. I can look it up. I don't remember the details, but it was like a piddly little nothing. He didn't even bet on his own team. He had nothing to do with anything, and they suspended him the entire season. That's mm-hmm. insane. That's insane. So as for as for Pete Rose, I understand wanting to protect the integrity of the game. I really, really do. But there's got to be some sort of statute of limitations on this. We can't I think it would be really poor to let him die and not go to Cooperstown. You know what I mean? I'd like I'd like that to be lifted sometime while he's still around. You know, so. Yeah. 
So, and to put it into context, like I, I think I misspoke. Albert, Albert Pujols is now retired. He retired this last season. Uh, he played 22 years, and he has 3,384 hits. So he has about uh, 900 less hits than Pete Rose, and he's two years away. So if he came out of retirement and somehow got 900 hits in those two years <laughs> at the age of 43, I, I mean, I don't know, but that's very, very damn near impossible not, not, to do. Nah, he, no, he's not, not he's not going to get 450 each season. Um so it's it's crazy. It it blows me away that that he he's not in the Hall of Fame. His record will never be broken. So anyways, I I think that you know the moment he uh, broke Ty Cobb's record was was incredible and the fact that he just has the all-time hit record is is amazing. Yeah, I think that would be a cool moment to go back and see. So uh, that's that's a good addition to the list and a, a good conversation about shifting attitudes towards the game because we we're, we're all sitting here like maybe 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 he should be in the Hall of Fame. Like Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, but the steroids users like maybe maybe they should be in the Hall of Fame too. I understand what that says about the game and does that open up a Pandora's box? I don't, I don't know what you do about that at that point, but I mean, some players are still using it and you know, it's a tough conversation requires serious debate among serious people. And we're pretty much not that we're just a a few dudes who like to talk nonsense. Mm -hmm. That's true. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Let's go down our list here. So Tom had uh, Cal Raleigh's the, 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 the the clinch, the, the breaking of the, of the drought. Uh, Edgar's double, the 95 slide. Uh, perfect game, really, from anyone. The Boston Red Sox 2004 World Series and Joe Carter's walk-off home run to win the World Series. I ha- also had Edgar's double, 95 slide. Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. Felix Hernandez's perfect game. Robin Ventura getting his ass beat by Nolan Ryan. <laughs> and the Boston Red Sox winning the 2004 World Series. Zach had the double, of course, that 95 slide. Felix Hernandez's perfect game as well. He had the home run race of 98, 1993 home run derby, Griffey hitting the Camden Yards warehouse, and Pete Rose winning the hits record from Ty Cobb. So fascinating list, way more crossover than I thought we'd have, but it definitely engendered a lot of discussion about baseball, and I'm always a fan of that. Yeah, I think we're we're homers. We're going to yeah, pick Mariner stuff. Of course we were, and we did say at the top, like we do like discussing and arguing about baseball, so of course that is an hour well spent. So thank you so much for tuning in to the Top 5 Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Podcast Top 5, at ZachDale60, at TomTop5, and at SnackBurglar, that's me, where you can give us ideas, tell us if we're crazy, or even suggest a topic for a future episode. Oh, oops, that's me. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. Thank you, and remember, it's okay to be wrong, even though you think you're right. Baseball, it is said, is only a game. True. And the Grand Canyon is only a hole in Arizona. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> quote. Who said that? <laughs> I don't know. This doesn't actually have uh, some journalist. Okay, I got to look that up. That's a really good one. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.